in. I'm back. It's your girl, Oatmeal Brown, and you already know what it is. I'm out the box, and I'm out the box again today with another very, very special guest, always repping with the special guest on Out the Box. My special guest today goes by the name of Jay Intellect. He runs a blog called Independent Thinker. He's the president of the West Side Smokers Cigar Club. And uh, he's an IT business consultant, frequent contributor to the Soapbox Heroes Network. And he is one of the biggest independent thinkers that I know. That's why I had to have him on the show. What's up, Jay? Say hello to everybody. Welcome. How's it going, sister? How's it going? How's it going? It's going good. I don't know if I I could ever uh, compete with that introduction when we start our show, but I'll try. (laughs) Hey. I'll give you a little, in, you know, a few little tips here and there, you know, for you to bounce off of. How's it going, Jay? It's going good. It's going good. I just, um, I just started a uh, new position this week. Um, new company. I was, uh, I was with my previous employer for seven and a half years. Okay. I resigned in August. Took a break, six months, and now I'm back at it. So I'm just getting acclimated to everything and um, working at uh, my work schedule around, you know, everything we do outside of our our day jobs. So Mm -hmm. that's always a challenge. But I've been working from home for the last seven and a half years. So it's it's definitely different going back into the office. So you're going back in the office now. I'm here. So your 2020 is off to an an amazing start. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to get that. Well, that's great. Trying to start off the right way. That's all. Hey, that's all we can do to make it great, make it right. So today's topic is something that we can both relate to, and um, you know, out the box, independent thinking, independent thinkers. It all kind of ties in together, right? So, Absolutely. You know, I want to talk about the advantages and disadvantages of being an independent thinker. And so, so when you you first told me about this subject, I thought it was, um, it was interesting because I've never broken that down Mm -hmm. with anybody. Okay. And I want to say that I've had the blog now for about four years and, um, I started the blog and I wanted to be kind of out of the spotlight. Mm -hmm. I don't have my, I don't have my picture posted. I don't have, uh, you know, anything of me on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do share a lot and I do type a lot of my thoughts, but I was a little afraid in the beginning to put myself out there like that mm-hmm. um, just because I was in corporate America. But um, if I had to bring down the advantages of being an independent banker, obviously more people who are on that wavelength will respect how you move and how you think mm-hmm. uh, we've been, we've been following each other for years. Right. I right. Mean, mm-hmm. And we've always commented and, 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 and been you know, kind of into each other's stuff. But <laughs> I tell you a funny story, like the disadvantages of it is people will like you mm-hmm. for whatever you say that pertains to them or their thoughts. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you go against that, mm-hmm. they hate your guts. <laughs> So, I, I mean, how are you supposed to, and I just got to the point where I'm like, you know, one day I was called an Uncle Tom 
and the next day I was called a racist. So like, what the? I mean, I have no idea how to how to play to both of those crowds. It just doesn't make any sense sometimes. Yeah, it doesn't. And you know, the thing is, is that, like you said, when you say something that they can resonate to, it's all good. You know, you're the hero. You said what they think. You know, they can feel you. But then when you say something that may be, uh, they may feel uh, offended by or attacked, then, like you said, they hate you or they get mad at you, even though it's not a direct uh, statement. You know, it's not directed to anyone in particular that you know. You know, so... Absolutely. It makes no sense. But but we live in this society today where it's just super sensitive Mm -hmm. and and you can't say anything. And if you say something, you're persecuted. You know, you know, Kevin Hart said something 10 years ago about gay people. God forbid that he doesn't feel like that anymore. And he got ridiculed and destroyed for it. So um, it's just I guess it's just the world we live in. I have no idea. How did it get this way? Because, you know, the whole freedom of speech and the different outlets that allow everybody to talk, you know, so we've, we've been talking, we're talkers, you know, we're, we're thinkers, independent thinking just doesn't happen overnight. It's basically who you are. So this is our, our norm. It's not a new norm. This is our norm. But when we have a platform and people uh, take offense, then that is a new norm. But we have to decide, are we going to dummy ourselves down, which, you know, that's not going to happen, or are we going to be ourselves? And I think we still censor ourselves to a certain degree because we may, it could be anything, it could be because of, uh, an affiliation, you know, or like you said, uh, your job or something of that nature where you got to kind of, I wouldn't say tread lightly, but you don't want to cause so much commotion. So sometimes we might say something we know it could cause commotion. <laughs> so check this out, right? Everything is about this Iran thing right now. Mm-hmm. Iran, America, mm-hmm. you know, Trump killing, killing the Iran commander and all of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's up in arms about this shit. Right. I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with curse. Yeah, you can curse. Um, this is not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's up in arms. Um, they have no idea how many people this guy has killed. This guy has murdered so many Americans. Mm-hmm. He's killed Iranians, even Yemen's. I mean, everybody. He's been basically Saddam times ten in the Middle East for so many years, mm-hmm. and he gets killed and everybody is defending him. A mm. terrorist, a literal terrorist. Right. But when we say that, it's like that people hate Trump so much. They can't even big him up when he does something right. Now, the only thing he did wrong in that scenario is not consult our longtime allies mm-hmm. like the UK, like France. He didn't consult them because, uh, you know, just going to Israel, you know, Israel has their own agenda. And it's going to be what it's going to be with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're terrified of Iran, and I understand why. But that's literally the only thing he did wrong. Outside of the guy actually dying, mm-hmm. he should have been dead a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Now, if we say that, our people will attack us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, like I, I wouldn't, um, the last, you know, I don't do a whole lot of discussions on social media anymore. I bring it to, you know, the podcast platform. Right. So um, it was with uh, about Kamala and, you know, how she, uh, you know, she basically, you know, took herself out of the race, the presidential candidacy race. Right. And I mean, I basically said the power is in the people, not the person in power anyway. Right. Now, it was kind of a two part thing that I said because I said, we're good at canceling each other out. Why don't we use that same energy? <laughs> to right. you know what I'm saying, make some stuff happen for us positively instead of putting all of it into it, wanting a person or thinking a person could bring us that anyway, because they can't. They're just and a they, representation. They can't. It's right. impossible. Right. And but so, the way the way things are run today, mm-hmm. we we tend to glorify, like everything especially celebrity mm-hmm. and politicians have become celebrities right so they they can either kill us or 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 or, or, or make us whole and that's how people think mm-hmm. you know they actually think that the election of some this one person can change the outlook on everything and i do agree with some things the, the election of trump did change the attitude of the country i i, I will give that yeah but but as far as what was happening amongst black people, nothing's changed. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. We we have to wake up and realize that, you know, and some of us are woke in that area. Like, listen, you know, it's all about economic, you know, empowerment and power, period. And so we could continue to let everybody else capitalize off of us and even our own will capitalize off of us or we could take that power just like we, you know, they didn't support Kamala and she was using her own money. And that's what I'm Mm -hmm. talking about. You know, instead of running out buying Popeye's chicken sandwiches, you know, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? We, they made $40 million dollars. In what? How many days off of the chicken sandwich? Yeah, exactly. You know, people are fighting and running over each other in the drive-through and scraping up their cars. Are you serious? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, or we're uh, finding money to buy, you know, Louis Vuitton or Gucci and you live in the hood, you don't have a car, you know what I mean? Whether it's knockoff or whether it's real, you found the money to buy that. You're sacrificing to wear something that makes you feel like somebody. But these people don't care about you. They just care about your money. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and you hit the nail on the head with the, with the economics discussion, right? Mm-hmm. We were having this talk uh, when I say we, me, my son, um, he's 26. He just got out of the military. He did six years in the Air Force. He he spent his last year in Korea before he uh, decided to get out and get back into the civilian world. So we were having a discussion with uh, 
with my, my buddy, Mr. Tyrone Irvin, who runs the Soapbox Heroes Network. Okay. Um, and the topic of economics came up. And, you know, my son was arguing with my wife. My wife, by the way, she's from that. She's from the, she's from the Bahamas, Nassau, Bahamas. Okay. And, and her brother was in town. Of course, they come from a black country. Everything's black. They can, they have a long lineage of ancestry, right? Mm-hmm. They can trace their ancestry back pretty far, for, a lot further than Americans can. Um, they have a different viewpoint because they haven't grown up here. Right. But but what I see is black people spent three trillion dollars in this country last year. Mm-hmm. And only three cent of every dollar stays in our neighborhoods. Right. As opposed to Asians, where the number is staggering. I want to say it's like 60 or 70 cents of every dollar stays in the Asian community. Mm-hmm. You know. And I don't even know the numbers for uh, for for white communities, but that's ridiculous. And the only way to change that is to go back, mm-hmm. and not necessarily go back to make money, but if you took fifty people and everybody put five hundred dollars in and bought back all of these dilapidated dilapidated communities, it's not even about making money at that point. It's about making it black. Right. So let's buy back the block literally. And then when that those neighborhoods and those communities are gentrified, then we we tend to make money off the businesses that come into that community. If we don't open those businesses, we still make money off the land. Right. All right. It's very easy. If you can get 30 brothers together, 30 brothers and sisters, 40, 50, put 500 up and you can buy back your block. Literally. Come on, say and, it. And, Tell them. Yeah, I mean, you can do it. You can do right. it, and we're not doing it because all we want to do is assimilate. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of them. I mean, I, I moved my family to a suburb, mm-hmm. a, a majority white suburb, in, 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 in Texas, outside of Houston, and you know, they, you know my kids are living this cookie cutter life. But you know, I, I go back home a lot. I, I mentor kids from home a lot. Kids, parents call me all the time with, um, you know degree programs that are good to get into because I'm in the human capital industry. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of, a, a lot of things that I do, but outside, you don't have to necessarily bring money back, but uh, obviously money is the the biggest, uh, biggest factor in some of these communities. I mean, in Houston, for example, third ward used to be all black. Now <laughs> you have white, you have white, white people buying up third ward um, knocking down these old barren houses, building mansions, and living in areas that were, you know, ninety-five percent black for fifty years. Right, and the the crazy part about that's not even crazy. That's happening everywhere. You know, they're gentrifying. You know, I was just in L.A. for uh, the holidays. Now I'm not from L.A., but I got family down there. Whatever, I've been you know back and forth all my life. So, you know, the whole Crenshaw district, you know, all that, those places up in there, they have, uh, even in Inglewood and, um, what's the other, uh, another, another place, um, Lamarck Park, my cousins were just telling me and I could even see it. She was like, I, I, you know, walked out of my house and I see, you know, this white lady walking down the street. You know, they're not used to that because it's it's changed. They're coming in, buying up stuff, building up stuff and changing it. And well, they're also what they're doing specifically in L.A. That's very unfair 
and they're doing it in Chicago too, but LA, because I have more connections to LA, mm-hmm. um, you know, having lived on the West coast for years in, 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 I was just in LA in August at my best friend's wedding in the wedding, but in Inglewood, for example, rent went up like a thousand dollars. I mean, it went from 1200 to 2,400. Mm-hmm. So we can't even afford to live in Inglewood anymore. Right. And that's the crazy. She was telling me, she was showing me an apartment complex as we were, uh, we went to, um, the Culver City stairs and we were at the top of the mountain. She pointed over to this big apartment complex that they had built. She was like, nobody can afford to stay there. <laughs> right. Nobody can afford it, but they built it. And then the Clippers are building their stadium or, or their arena in Inglewood. So the rent's only going to increase. Right. Even more than that, um, than it is now. So what's happening is they're pushing literally pushing all of the minorities in because the Hispanics can't afford to live there either. <laughs> right. So it's not just affecting us, it's affecting every everybody. Right. You know, so, the, and, and I'm sure California is a very progressive state. I'm sure that there's there's some, some laws, and there is some laws that are coming up for discussion and debate around, you know, putting caps on rent increases. Mm-hmm. And and I know that's been in discussion for a while, but they're getting very serious about it now because um, it, it's it's becoming a point where um, nobody can afford to live. I mean, you're pushing everybody completely outside of the city. Right, now. right. And then even here, you know, in Texas, the rent is going up. And so they, I saw a comparison the other day. It said, okay, one bedroom apartment, uh, you know, 10 years ago and the salary, minimum wage, <laughs> one bedroom apartment. 2020 and minimum wage, you could see it was like a $600 increase in rent, but you know, a couple of dollars increase in your salary. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. it's, it's not adding up. It doesn't add up. No, it really doesn't. And you know, we even in, in Texas, we've gotten this huge influx of West coast. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, because uh, you know, I mean, a couple of years ago, the governor of, um, or the mayor of Houston was was calling for uh, uh, people in education specifically because uh, Houston was was low on teachers. So mm-hmm. they were calling teachers to come in from California, um, giving them this huge bonuses to move. And I mean, obviously, if you sell a home in California, <laughs> eight hundred thousand, a million dollar home in Texas, that same home is a Three hundred thousand dollars. Right, oh, you're balling. Right. Yeah. So you can live pretty good here. Oh yeah, you can. Houston, I mean, is is I like I like Houston. Not that I don't like Dallas, but Houston has that um, kind of a fast city feel to it. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And the thing I say, I really don't like Dallas. Uh, Dallas is not only the weather's different, it's very, it, it gets a lot colder than Houston because mm-hmm. uh, it's north. But um, in my opinion, Dallas has this very bougie feel. Bougie. Feel about it. It has a very bougie feel about it. <laughs> um, Houston, you, you might be sitting next to a millionaire, a park next to one, and he's driving an F-150. Right. Right. In Dallas, they're driving Range Rovers and Rolls Royces. And, you know, they, they they tend to like to show their money off okay. a little bit more in Dallas than they do in Houston. What I noticed, you know, when I was 
coming out to Houston a whole lot in the early 2000s. And I wanted to move out there because I loved exactly what you just said. I loved, you know, seeing uh, African-Americans excelling, but being cool, you know what I mean? And and having businesses and, you know, having amazing jobs and just being cool with it, you know, not flashy. But yeah, none of that, none of that right. Atlanta stuff. Not, no disrespect to Atlanta. I'm above you. None of that. I'm not. A, I'm above you. But what do you do? You know, hey, let's you know, let's talk about it. What can I do to help you? Let's network. You right. know, it wasn't on. I'm above you, and who are you? And um, want to be Hollywood? I I didn't. I don't get that feel in Houston at all. Still don't when I go to come down and visit. No, not at all, not at all. And I'm heavy into the um, cigar world here and and now across the country now. But one of the reasons I got into the cigar into cigars was for networking. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just it's amazing to see um, brothers and sisters that are you know entrepreneurs and you know uh, up the corporate ladder because uh, cigars are an expensive habit. So um, nine times out of ten, you're going to meet people that are really have things going on right and that's an opportunity for you to build um and 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 do things like i mean it was six seven years now i've been smoking cigars mm-hmm. and and i mean i know for a fact if i wanted to start something and i had a business plan and i had everything in order i can borrow a quarter of a million dollars if i had to that's know. what's up but i wouldn't have got that without being in that community and this is all black so I mean, just a testament to what you said. Mm-hmm. Black people are doing. Black people make up about twenty-two percent of the population here, so that's that's a pretty nice percentage. Mm-hmm. And um, and a lot of them are doing pretty well for themselves. That's amazing. That is great. <clears throat> and without you being an out-the-box thinker, <laughs> I don't think you would, you know, know what you know or even be moving around like that in in the network to see that it's bigger than just going and smoking a cigar. No, no, no. And the thing is, you know, you are, you are who you hang around. Right. And I always told my son, you can't be the smartest person in the room. If you're the smartest person in the room, get some new friends. Right. Because I like to be in rooms where I'm, I'm not the smartest, where I'm actually at the bottom. So, um, I, I, um, I, I, you, it's, it's really about taking away your ego and being able to learn something. I'm 43 years old and I learn something new every day. Right. The only reason I'm able to do that is because I don't have that ego right? where I can't learn from other people, even people that are younger than me. Because right. um, they may have saw something a different way and I can improve the way I do things. It's always good to learn stuff from people that have been through something. You don't always have to go through everything on your own to experience it because that only prolongs your, your journey. So um, it's good to have uh, older people and, and learn from them. So, I mean, I was raised around older people and um, it, it's it's typically who I hang around. And you know what? Now, with, with you saying that, that's why we get along. <laughs> and that's why yeah, we understand right. each other because we were around older people. See, I'm the youngest of my family, you know, of my mm-hmm. immediate family. I'm the youngest. My parents were older. So I was always around people in from different age brackets, from all right. different generations. And 
you learn a lot. You get a lot of wisdom because you get a chance to see without experience, experience experiencing yourself certain things. You could see it. You're told. You suck it up. You know, you're automatically outside the box, you know, by default. You didn't ask to be. You didn't ask to be an independent thinker. It's just what it is. And right. so... You know, you see things uh, bigger than others that may not have had your same experiences. And so you can understand that you can learn from anyone. You can meet a bum on the street or somebody in the parking lot at the grocery store that says something very profound to you. That's not, you know, looking to attack you or looking for anything, but say, hey, you know, God bless you. Keep, keep it going. Keep it moving. What do you do? All right. I can see that on you. I can see that in you. And they, take, they can give you a good word and you keep it pushing. You know what it does, too? It teaches you to hold your tongue a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Not hold your tongue in an aspect of hold back, but hold your tongue until you actually have all the data you need to make a sound argument mm-hmm. for whatever you're discussing. Because so many people speak out of turn and speak when something initially happens, you just want to go out there. Social media has made it to where people just talk and don't know what the hell they're talking about. Right. They just speak. And I'm not sitting here saying I know everything about everything, but I will not speak on a topic unless I absolutely have done my homework on that topic. Right. To formulate an assessment like facts and, and, and actual facts. You know, I just won't come stuff out there just to put stuff out there. Because I've done that in the past, and it, it's it's bit me in the ass. Oh, yeah. You know, and I've, I have, we tend to be more careful. You know, I shared a meme which was like, you know, in 2020, can we please look at the date on the article? Right? Right. <laughs> now, two Simple. times, two times, I know for no three Three times since the whole time we've been on social media have I messed up and shared the wrong info, okay? I can count on my hand. I know it was just three times because I did not take the time to look at the date. Right. But because people value me and know who I am and what I do, they tap me immediately. Hey, that's the wrong date. I looked. I said, you sure right. I deleted it. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to pass out or pass off bad information because I'm not out here trying to do it to be the first person to uh, break a story. You know what I mean? That's not it. I'm only passing on information of value, you know, that can help us not hurt or harm us. You know, people, they're killing people over year after year after year that have been dead for how many years? And they're saying, oh, such and such just died. That's an old article, you know. Or this is clickbait. This is not true, how they have all this set up and you're sharing it and you're you're just rolling with it. You know, when they were saying Billy D. Williams, you know, proclaimed that he was gay. When I looked at it. That was so, that was so. Right. I did not see that. And to me, any adult should not have shared that because they know good and well that is not what he said if they actually read it. Like, read it first. Don't look at the headline. 
Read it. And that was unfortunate because Billy D said himself, he doesn't even know what gender fluid means. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't. So how in the hell can he say he's gender fluid if he doesn't know what it means? Right. Uh, dude's only been like the sex symbol for the 70s. Right. <laughs> all of a sudden. I'm not saying that it's bad to be gender fluid if that's what you want to be. I'm not I'm not even sure what that means, but if that's what you want to be, hey, you only have one one person to answer to. You know? Right, but um, he didn't say that. He, he never said that. No, he didn't. But you know, people, adults, because all I saw was adults. I don't really have any uh, younger generation as my friends, or they don't really say much. You know, because right, you know, those are my nieces and cousins and stuff. They they're not into what we're into. So this clearly was adults that were sharing this article. And all the other articles I know uh, was another one on um, what's his name that uh, was is suing um, went to court Supreme Court the case that went to Allen? yes 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 yeah. they were yeah. sharing an old article about that on the same day that he was supposed to go to court they were sharing an old article about okay this is going to court and I watched it be shared over 50 times and nobody looked at the date. Nobody looked wow. at the date. They just kept sharing it. They just kept sharing it. Sometimes I'll just sit back and watch, <laughs> you know, to see. And it's it's amazing how, um, you know, the technology and the social media world has um, taken the mindset of a lot of people. It's made people lazy. Mm-hmm. It has. Intellectually lazy. It has. Definitely. So no one wants to research anymore. No one wants to, you know, double check where the stuff is coming from. And Facebook is not doing any better in, in making sure that the, the clickbait and the, the fake news is not flooding their site. You know, because, you know, people are just clicking whatever they see on Facebook and, and saying, oh, that's news and they're going to go with it. And then now your, your your actual news channels are starting to follow that same platform. And they're not they're not actually, you know, telling the news anymore. They're, they're, they're completely opinionated. So, I mean, again, it's made everything so confusing and then everybody's so sensitive. So how do you know what's real and what's fake unless you actually do some research today? Right. There's no way, there's no way of knowing. No, it's not. And and it's like the facade gets more attention than the real stuff. You know, and then all of the they're not people not understanding, okay, you know these sound bites and you know these small pieces, they're putting this out here for you to get a reaction. And then people are taking off with it, like you said, without waiting for all of the information or enough information. So, yeah, just like Iran, right? They 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 fired like a dozen missiles. Okay, hey, who did they hit? But everybody's like, oh my god, like we're we're in trouble now. Iran fought back. They mm -hmm. they shot back, mm -hmm. but they didn't they didn't hit anybody. <laughs> it was all and then and then Trump came out today and said he they knew about the missiles being hit, um, you know, taking off. And being launched before they were launched. Now he lies so much, you have no idea if he's telling the truth. Right. But I can, I can, I can get that part because the places that were struck, no, no American lives were taken, no anything. 
this was more or less like we're just going to throw some missiles out there towards some American targets. We know nobody are in these areas, mm-hmm. but we're just going to do it anyway. Right. And see what happens. Because Iran knows better than to really kill Americans with missiles. I mean, they, they know better. If they did that, I mean, the people that run this country, <laughs> there, there's some evil folks running this country. Oh, yeah. So they would blow Iran off the map for something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I, I think the I think the the people you know the the, the people who run our I think they're smarter than that. You know, mm-hmm. they just didn't want to feel like they were bullied by America. That's the reason why they did that. Yeah, I can see that definitely. Yeah. But you know, you're an independent thinker, so you wait, you look at the big picture. <laughs> right, right. And that's and, and and that is what we're talking about. And that I is. Mean, I saw I saw Trump's tweet. Trump's tweet was. His first line was all is well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what what is well? Like how do you <laughs> missiles launched, but all is well. <laughs> like, okay. All right. All right, dude. Uh, you know, I don't understand what you mean by that, but okay. So so far so good. Right. Basically. Basically, definitely. Well, we have definitely, you know, me and you could talk all day. Absolutely. <laughs> we could talk all day. But we're going to wrap it up and we definitely hit on some important pieces of, you know, the advantages of being an independent thinker and the disadvantages. Um, we, we briefly hit on the disadvantages of it, which is, uh, you know, people hating you first, they love you because they can relate and resonate to what you're saying. And then they hate you because they may be offended by something you have said when it is not directly, you know, directed at anyone in general or, you know, anyone specific. It's always general, but it's based off of, you know, the truth that we see um, outside of the box. I don't think I actually gave you an advantage, but if I had to give you an advantage, I know you got to wrap it up soon. Mm -hmm. I would say that, People actually res- people respect you for saying uncomfortable things because uh, it, it, it gives people more insight into who you are. Mm-hmm. If you can speak things that are uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you will attract people of the of, of the same like like mind of like minds, right? And, oh, yeah. and the thing is, with that, it tells people that you really don't care whether <laughs> right. they like you or not, right? And mm-hmm. you're gonna be who you're gonna be, indeed. You know, you have to have, you got to be comfortable with being disliked. Yeah, comfortable in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And if that means that, if that means that somebody's not going to like you for it, then so be it. I right. Mean, I mean, it's not like you're, we're, we're to the, we're at the, we're at the age where we, we're not out there searching for friendships. Right. You know, right. Everything Our trying to solicit people to like you, you know, like you said, organic and genuinely. Absolutely. For sure. So Jay. Tell everybody out there where they can follow you, where your blog is, you know, where your uh, the show and all the input that you put in and what you do. Let the listeners know how they can follow you. Well, first off, uh, Independent Thinker is a blog. Uh, it's a Facebook blog. I've been I've had it for almost five years now. So you can find that under Independent Thinker. Search Facebook. Um, the shows that I contribute to, uh, Soapbox Network, 
that's YouTube. That's ran by my man Tyrone Irvin. Um, Soapbox Network has a variety of shows and content. Um, we're actually going to be rolling out a new podcast um, very soon called Cigars and Shit Talk, where we're going to discuss um, topics that are happening in the news real time, along with reviewing some of our favorite cigars and just having some of them, just bringing some of those some discussions we have over cigars in private to the radio. So okay. that should be a very fun show. Oh, definitely. Um, I'm about to come down to Houston and get on, get, I mean, like sit down with y'all, smoke some cigars and talk. That's what I want Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Right now we're finalizing the, um, the places um, that we're going to shoot from. Okay. So... We have a couple of places in mind. Uh, my man JP from Mascalino Cigars in Houston. Um, he has a place that we're, we're we're trying to get his his okay to shoot from. It's a very private place, and usually there's no pictures and no cell phones or anything. So, uh, but the decor and everything is beautiful. And what he did with the place in downtown Houston. I think we have another spot that uh, we're looking. So once we get those, we'll be ready to shoot, and we're going to shoot that weekly. Okay. Um, and I think we're going to target maybe Fridays, so it'll be great if you can come down and get on that once with us, or, okay, or a sure. couple of times, maybe call in and be our, our female co-host. Okay, I would definitely embrace that opportunity for sure. Outside of that, um, I think you mentioned in the beginning, I'm the president of the West Side Smoker Cigar Club. Um, we, uh, we began here in Houston five years ago on the West Side. We just celebrated our fifth year in 2019. We have seven chapters, one international. Um, if anybody's looking to get into cigars or become a member of the Cigar Social Club, um, WeSmokeCigars.com is our website. You can apply for membership there. You can also follow us on Instagram, West Side Smokers All Together, Facebook, West Side Smokers as well. And, um, and that's pretty much how you would find me. Well, shoot. They got a lot of options to find you, <laughs> which is a great thing. You're very well rounded. It's it's all good. It's all great. Everybody needs to know that hey, you you're we're not one dimensional. You don't have to be one dimensional. That's so many pieces, you know, that we all embody. So Jay, thank you, Jay Intellect. Thank you for being a part of Out the Box. Thank you for your enlightenment, your knowledge, and your wisdom and everything that you have brought to the table. Hopefully someone will be enlightened or can relate to what we have put out in the atmosphere on this show today. And I thank you, Queen. You're doing great work. You've always done great work. I've followed you from a distance. Um, I'm, I'm so glad. Social media can be horrible, but it can also connect people in different ways and I've connected to some great friends that I had still have today through social media same way we connected um, so we definitely keep in touch um, I'll make sure you have all my up-to-date contact information for when you're in Houston we definitely got to get together oh for sure definitely that is definitely gonna happen so thank you again and we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up this is your girl oatmeal brown and as always, we have been out the box. And until next time, peace.